Welcome back to Chalk Talk, everyone. I'm Adam Petrus. And I'm Hale Henches. And we have two rock stars with us today. Darren Utnick, Chief Executive Officer of Bernie's Book Bank, an incredible nonprofit based in Chicago, Illinois, and close to the heart of all of us here at Zebra. And the one and only Patrick Manley, who I believe is amongst the greatest long snappers in NFL history and arguably football history, period. So with that, we're glad both of you agreed to be with us today. Yeah, it's great to be on with you guys. Yeah, good afternoon, fellas. Thanks for having us on. Awesome. All right. Now, I know some of our listeners might be wondering, why have we paired you two together for today's show? So without spoiling our conversation in the first couple of minutes, what I will say is that these two have been quite the dynamic duo in the philanthropy and sports world the past few years. The efforts they're making to celebrate and support the unsung heroes of their respective communities deserve global recognition. So here we are. Exactly. Here we are. Now, I realize a lot of our listeners are tuning in from around the world. You mentioned the global aspect uh, a few sentences ago. So before we get into the really good stuff, everything you're both doing to make this world a better place, let's talk about how you got here. Patrick, you played 16 years in the NFL and were with the Chicago Bears the entire time, right? I did. I was very fortunate to be drafted out of Duke University as the last pick in the sixth round. I had dreams of being an O-lineman, but also was a long snapper all through college at Duke University. And uh, fortunately, it worked out to uh, turn into a very long career that was uh, the other part was being fortunate with with one team for all that time. It was a dream come true as a kid. uh, As we all know, if you get a chance to play in the NFL, it's something you dream about from from the first time you kind of put on the NFL or college ball. And it truly was a dream come true. Man, what a blessing, right? You know, hell, we always see, you know, job listing recommendations for the, you know, best career, stability, a good salary and the like. Uh, they certainly should put NFL long snapper, uh, in the college, uh, you know, dormitories. Um, <laughs> certainly, Patrick, you, uh, you were able to, to, to play in the NFL for a long time at the highest level. Um, and let me ask you, how's your health as far as I'm, the knees and things like that? Well, I've got a new bionic hip. But I think that just maybe is a little bit of genetics and then uh, playing football for 16 years and bending over and snapping a ball between my legs. But other than that, I'm pretty good. That's awesome. You know, I wish we had next gen stats. Um, we could look at the number of you know distance traveled per game um, over the course of your career it would be a really fascinating thing to look at. But let me get to this. Um, tell us as far as that journey, you know, offensive line, long snapper. How did you get into uh that from the college ranks and then of course into the nfl sure i've got a kind of a neat story of a brother that's five years older um he was kind of uh you know before they did the five-star recruits he was a five-star recruit we had vince dooley uh, terry donahue lou holtz uh you name it uh bo schembeck all those coaches were in our house recruiting him and he was kind of a uh just a big athlete good o-lineman d-lineman so I kind of watched him go through his career of high school and then get drafted or not drafted, I guess, get uh, recruited to go play at Notre Dame. And he's five years older. And when he got to Notre Dame, he came back after his freshman year, which is the year they won the national championship back in 88. So they were stacked with all this talent. And he came home. And he's like, my gosh, it's going to be hard to get on the field here at this level of college. And fortunately, their long snapper uh, in 88 had just graduated. So he came home that summer. We're out in the front yard. He's like, listen, I need to learn how to long snap. I want to get on the field. Let's work on this. Um, and then we were family friends with the Dowhowers, who were coaches of the Falcons at the time. And oh, wow. he was the offensive coordinator and really helpful. So we contacted him and said, listen, we're trying to 
teach Bernard how to long snap. Do you got any info on this? And this is back in 1989. <laughs> so there's not much info out there, right? Yeah. And encyclopedia. Kind of <laughs> so it was like a two page pamphlet, literally a two page pamphlet. We're out in the front yard, my brother, myself, my dad trying to learn how to hold the ball, how to grip it, how to you know get the follow through and all that kind of stuff. So we're concentrating on my brother doing this and I'm going into eighth grade at this time and he's, he's doing okay. He's struggling a little bit. And finally, big brother throws the ball to me. He goes, all right, little boy, little kid, let's see what you got. So I grabbed the, you know, the ball and kind of look at the pamphlet and saw how you grip it. And all of a sudden it just bent over and snapped it. He looks at me, he's like, are you kidding me? And it just <laughs> kind of came natural. It just was one of those things that I could make it spiral and get it kind of in the area at a, as an eighth grader. And honestly, from that time going forward, I took pride in trying to be the long snapper in eighth grade ball, ninth grade ball, JV ball, and varsity. And the good thing was I had somebody I had to compete against in high school who was very good as well. So it was a great competition to make me better. Um, took that on to college uh, at Duke University. I was a you know O-lineman, D-lineman in high school as well. Got recruited to play uh, O-line, D-line in college like my brother, but also took pride in long snapping. And long snapped my first game against Florida State in 1993 in a downpour uh, at Wallace Wade Stadium for Duke versus Florida State, like I said. And from then on, I just I took pride in doing it. And it, fortunately, I think about my junior year, I started getting recognized by the NFL scouts, and it turned into a job. And then to finish up this long answer, guys, this is a funny story. I met my wife at Duke, and we kind of knew we were going to get married. I thought maybe I was going to get in the financial sector up in New York and kind of get into that. And I'm like, listen, hold on. you got to give me a little time because – I might have a chance to play in the NFL. She's like, you're not that good of an alignment. She didn't really say that. But <laughs> uh, like the so supportive was, spouses yeah, we all have. 100%. Right? So and I was like, no, 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 It's a long snapper. And she looks at me and she goes, that's a job. It's <laughs> <laughs> a roster spot. <laughs> it is. And, then, you know, as, as we know that 1998, when I got drafted, just kind of the long snapper position changed in the NFL where it started to become a full-time position of one out of 53. So the timing was good. And I thank my brother every day for, kind of getting my uh, heart set on long snapping. That's awesome, Patrick. I mean, great story. Uh, and I actually can really take a lot of um, comparison to that just from uh, I played tight end. And one way that I tried to differentiate myself coming out of, of college and into the NFL draft is by learning how to long snap. So my senior year of college, I really focused to try and <clears throat> become a good long snapper. And it was very, very difficult. I mean, it was always <laughs> one of those things, right? Like you don't, fans and people at home do not appreciate how hard it is to throw a ball extremely accurately between your legs and also snap up and be able to block and diagnose a, um, you know, a blitz from a defense that's trying to block a punt. I mean, it, it's not easy. And, and to go down and cover too, at the same time. Um, so I learned it and with a lot of help from the Colts long snapper, Luke Rhodes at the time, who's sure. phenomenal. You know, I, I'm sure you know yes. Luke. He's excellent. Yes. Yeah, one of the best in the NFL, and he really helped me with technique, and I became pretty comfortable at it. And um, <clears throat> actually, my wife would, uh, in the offseason, would, would catch my long snaps, and she would do a lot of that. You know, just dedicated to the craft. I love Good it. hands. Wow. Right, right. It, <laughs> It also helped that she played volleyball at Alabama, so she she knew a thing or two about um, uh, athletes. Yeah, just playing uh, playing sports, but um, yeah, no, I mean I can definitely appreciate it. I just want every all of our listeners to know how difficult this is because it is not easy by any means. And uh, I think you're a lot of times you're the unsung hero, right? I mean, there sure. no one says anything to you when you do a good job, and everyone says everything bad to you when something goes wrong. Am I right? 
Yeah, and I think that's something that uh, I think we all embrace it as long snappers. It's just kind of the job. You know, you're you're going anywhere between, what, 8 and 12 plays a game. And I enjoyed, like, I played with Robbie Gold and Brad Maynard, Adam Polish, some really great NFL hunters and kickers. And I took pride in every year of trying to make their numbers better than the last year. You know what I mean? So our job is the unsung hero, trying to deliver the ball accurately and on time and all that kind of stuff for them to have them succeed. And that's, I really, really enjoyed that. I got lucky to play with some great ones, but um, you know, the, the thing we always talk about as long snappers, as long as they're not talking about you, you're doing an okay job. Exactly. Exactly. Now, that's a great point. And um, most of the time people don't talk about you at all, just like you said. So what's in your mind, you know, what's one way that we can bring more awareness to the long snapping position and to further, you know, you further show that it's an extremely important position on the field and a lot of good things can come from that. Any, any thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't think we want to be recognized because <laughs> if we <laughs> are, guys, we're messing up, but no, I think what we like, what we honestly like is the recognition. And you guys know this have been around teams that you want recognition amongst your teammates and coaches. And that, that's the best way to go about it. The, you know, the notoriety with the media or, you know, TV and all that kind of stuff. We, we really don't care about it, but I, I, yeah. I, I just think as long as your teammates respect you and know you're working hard and doing a good job, that's kind of all you really care about. I think most athletes, that's the number one thing they should care about, no matter right. if you're the quarterback, starting safety, starting DN or whatever. But, um, you know, it's, I just think that's who we are. That's if you talk to any long snapper in the league, I think we kind of like being the unsung hero and not being recognized. There are some that are a little more flamboyant that like to be out there, but I think that's sure. the social media age now, but, um, that's just the way it is. No, good point. You know, the old adage is go out there and do your job, right? And you don't need to get lauded for, for doing your job day in or snap in and snap out, right? All right, but let's talk about now, you know, we here at Zebra feel that Darren and his team, if we are going to talk about unsung heroes of children's literacy, uh, we're talking to the right folks. So is that why you two decided to team up for some community outreach here is to make an impact in the community? Darren, you want to take this one, bud? Yeah, I can start. I mean, you know, absent the obvious that, you know, Patrick and I look exactly similar and it was like looking at twins when I met him. Um, You know, it's funny when I met Patrick, uh, we were at a golf outing actually, and um, I didn't know him at all. I knew, you know, I was a Packer fan, so I knew of him. I know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be a mixed review here in the audience yeah that's all right i'll forgive him for that <laughs> and um here's the funny thing you know he he and i started talking and uh with a group of people around and got to know him a little bit and and exactly what you guys were just talking about kind of the unsung hero aspect of being a long snapper it's something we've talked about with bernie's book bank but more importantly you know patrick started talking about wanting to highlight this role within collegiate sports. And he started talking about how important it was, you know, to be a good student athlete and to give back to the community and all these key terms that, you know, we use on a daily basis. And I don't know that, you know, I think he and I would be lying to you if we said it it naturally sparked and we came up with all the answers right there, but you could tell that we were gravitating towards each other in the sense of, he had a vision for an award that they were putting together, and I'll let him speak about that. But we have an obvious vision about ending the literacy crisis in this country, and they really align nicely. When people I don't think naturally would see a connection, I think Patrick and the founders of, of the Patrick Manley Award 
and our leadership definitely saw alignment, and we kind of just ran with it. But Darren, hold on. Let me let me add to that story real quick. You got to tell how dumb I am about how we did really get together. <laughs> well, I wanted I wanted to save that for you, my friend. <laughs> All right, I like telling the story on myself. So, you know, we're coming up with the Manly Award. I was approached about this. Maybe we can talk about that a little later. But uh, about how we got teamed up with Bernie's Book Bank. I'm at this golf outing. They have uh, it's a wonderful golf outing at Ivanhoe Country or Golf Club up in in Chicago area. And we're sitting after the round and having a beer and. I'm talking to Darren and Brian Floriani, and I'm talking about this Manly Award, and we want to team up with a charity and blah, blah, blah. And right behind me is a giant banner that says Bernie's Book Bank. And obviously, I'm there for a charity event. And I'm talking to them about how great their organization is, and we need to get a, you know, a beneficiary for this award. And they just look at me, and they don't say a word. And they're just, like, looking at me. And they're like, hey, dummy, turn around. And I just kind of <laughs> like, what, what, what? Oh, God, you guys, what am I thinking? It's got to be you guys. Your organization is perfect. So, yeah, that's kind of how the whole story came about of how we connected, uh, finally connected. But uh, it's been a great marriage with each other for the last three and a half, four years. No, that's awesome. That's uh, really great stuff. And I think we all can appreciate what you all are doing um, with that literacy mission, right? And, and speaking of, you know, that award dinner, that's coming up soon, Correct. Yes, December 10th, it'll be at the Bernie's Book Bank facility, which is phenomenal. And maybe, Darren, you can talk about that a little bit more. But uh, we have dates coming up. Actually, I'll just give you all the dates. November 14th, yeah. we cut down to the top 10 uh, semifinalists, top long snappers of all through college, Division One football. And then November 28th, we get down to three guys. And then December 10th, we'll bring those three guys into Chicago, and uh, we'll do a book distribution with Bernie's Book Bank, and then we'll um, – announce the winner. And what's kind of neat, guys, is we have a great panel. I think it's 15 or 16 long snapping experts wow. that have played college ball, pro ball, that have been coaches, kickers, punters, snappers, uh, media types that have uh, Rich Gosling, who's been a, you know, a big guy with the uh, NFL special teams. We've got a lot of great guys who are grading these guys, and we feel very um, happy with the last three winners we've had and, and where this award has gone and, and who, we, who we've selected. That is really cool. Now, Darren, I know Bernie's Book Bank is the beneficiary of the award dinner, but it's really the kids who benefit here. What impact has Patrick in the Long Snapper Award named after him had on the community you serve? Yeah, it's had a huge impact. And it's something that Bernie's Book Bank, you know, we really pride ourselves on thinking a little bit differently. We want to be your partner and not your charity is something we talk about often. And it goes back to that conversation Um you know, that Patrick said, I just need to paint the picture, though. The sign that he was sitting under is <laughs> 25 feet by 12 feet. <laughs> this thing is, is it's, a, it's a billboard. Um, it's embarrassing, guys. I mean, it was like, it was you know when the light bulb goes on over your head? It was sitting yeah. there right behind me, as big as he's talking about. And we're uh, like, he's going to get there. He's going to get uh, there. <laughs> and hey, he got there. Sounds to there. me like he was just focused on that golf tournament, you know, of like, well, you, listen, I don't know if we've got six hours. If we want to go into golf with Patrick Manley, that's his other love. So That's another podcast. Exactly. Oh, boy. All right, well, no. wait, we'll, we'll look the book here towards the end of the season. Yeah. After so, you guys name your award winner. It was, um, but getting back to it, like, it is huge for us because we do think a little differently. And, and as I was mentioning, as Patrick kept talking about what he and the other founders, what their vision was for the award, we saw – an avenue to partner up and do something different and to really take this award to a different level um, and to really get the exposure that, 
to a different audience uh, that might not know about Bernie's book bank and what we're doing. It, but we all have similar, you know, concepts. Uh, everybody has to have a literacy foundation to be successful in life. And that's what we started talking about with Patrick. And so the exposure of this award has really grown every year from this, from the inception. So we're on year four now, um, but we've hosted two in person. We did one uh, virtually because of the pandemic. And, you know, the thing that I like about it is we continue to be innovative. You know, uh, Zebra is a big sponsor of the award. Uh, obviously, you all love innovation, but we now do a, an award in person and we broadcast it live. Um, and so nice. just like the other uh, awards you see, the Heisman, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, um, you know, which is not as, as successful as the Patrick Manley Award, but it's getting there. <laughs> um, that's, you know, we want it to be just like that. And I think, you know, the other element that we put into it is, uh, and, and Patrick just mentioned this, but, you know, Friday when the kids come in, we take them to a distribution and they actually hand out books to a school that we partnered with and they interact with the children and, and they get to really see our mission in action. And every one of the finalists we've stayed connected to because of that. And we've got a few of them playing in the league right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, and I think Patrick would agree to this. Uh, I think that's what kind of differentiates us from the other awards is there's this component of seeing our mission in action, celebrating these student athletes, and then having them have an opportunity to talk to these kids who, when we walk into these schools, I mean, you bring Patrick Manley and the guy's a monster. He's a giant, right? And these yeah. kids' eyes light up and he's wearing his Bears jersey. And then we got three long snappers wearing their jerseys and these kids just go crazy. And then these, you know, long snappers read to the kids. And so to me, it's a real weekend event. It's not just an award ceremony. It's an all complete package. Wow. I'll tell you what, you know, hearing all of that, I, I wish that, you know, you talk about the Heisman and we know there's other nationally recognized awards out there, but what you guys are doing is really what should be out there from a collegiate standpoint, you know, to start, right? Student athletes then being recognized for their on field, but then the tie back to um, a, a really good purpose that can benefit future generations and really have a dramatic impact on their overall life quality starting at these young ages. So certainly, you know, Zebra is, is so proud to be a partner and connected to all this. And, you know, what I wanted to say, too, here is certainly the way that you described it. And when you guys get ready, I mean, it's it's like game day every day when your team's out there. You're out in the field trying to cross the goal line, but delivering as many books and positive messages as possible to as many children across the community. Yeah, it's uh, that's really what I enjoy about it. So we were founded in 2009 um, with one purpose, and that is to end the literacy crisis across the country. Uh, since 2009, we've distributed just over 22 million books all throughout Chicagoland. And, you know, as this award gets bigger, that matches up with our goals as well. We want to get this award on the national stage with the other awards. Bernie's Book Bank also wants to be a nationally recognized organization and expand into other markets. And so that's what we're working towards. And again, it just goes to speak about alignment and finding organizations and partners that share common goals and uh, we can help each other get to our goals much like we are with zebra we are with patrick manley award and, and trying to get that award nationally recognized 
Awesome. Yeah, and that's that's really, you know, one thing that we're hoping to accomplish with this podcast today, just helping bring awareness uh, to the Zebra Nation, really. I mean, there are so many people out there who uh, need to understand what you guys do. And, um, you know, a lot of people who are local to Chicago, you know, so hopefully they can join in your mission uh, and, you know, making sure that children have access to books and that they can gain the literacy skills that they need to succeed in life, no matter what they want to be. Right. I mean, Patrick, you know, uh, and all of us know here how important reading is to our careers and, and what we've done. Um, but, you know, especially like diagnosing a playbook, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do I need to do in order to you know, be successful in my my position? Right. There's just so much information that gets passed um, through reading. Right. Patrick, maybe you can talk yeah. a little bit about just the importance that reading has played in your career and you know why that corresponds to your role. Yeah, well, let's, let's just let's just talk about a playbook. You know, playbook is sure. just X's and O's. You know what I mean? It's not just drawing a line from an X to an O or whatever you want to call it. It's, you know, you've got to read your assignment. You've got to read the different rules and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, reading is very involved in NFL and I think in all sports as well. But I want to go back real quick to what Darren was talking about, about the book distribution. I've been on a few of those with them. And these young people, when they see a book handed to them with, you know, six to eight to ten books in there, their eyes light up. A lot of these kids don't have books at home. The only book they get to see is whether their school library or in their classroom. And these kids, when they open it up, and they're amazing books, and Darren and his team have put together, I don't know what you guys do to, to make these kids light up on the exact book that they want when they open up that, that bag. But there'll be there's a situation where a young girl, you know, handed the book to, she opened it up. She's like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to take this home to read it to my little brother. And you just hear that, and that's just is so important for that young age to to be involved with literacy and to learn how to read and to, to, to continue their education and to move forward with that basic skill that might be lacking for some of these kids because they don't have those books at home. So it's been amazing to be a part of this and, and to watch it grow and hopefully it continues to grow. But, yeah, I mean, liter- literacy is everywhere, and that's the most important thing. And to get these kids who don't have books in their home, to get them in their hand, to be able to take them home, to, to read to their cousin, their brother, their sister, whoever, and then more importantly, read themselves, it's just been a, it's been a great, great journey with Bernie's Book Bank. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I can tell you from, you know, the, the father of an eight year old and a six year old who are coming alive with the, the ability to read and the storytelling and, and sharing and how important it is to read at home and in school and those sorts of things. But the ability to have a library at home is, I'm seeing it firsthand of how it is is allowing them to jump in leaps and bounds in their ability, but also in their their learning of the outside world. When we turn off the apps and we turn off the TVs sure. and we get into um, either historical or fiction or fantasy or nature, um, you just see them come alive and the self-gratification and, and the, yet and then the ability that this translates into everything they're going to do down the road uh, by being able to master and comprehend at early ages. So speaking of reading, Patrick, I'm curious, uh, you know, this podcast, we tie in the world of sports, entertainment, technology and having been, you know, that professional football player. And we talk about next gen stats, which is powered by Zebra and shared during NFL games. Have you had a chance to kind of digest or, you know, be inside, uh, take the insightfulness of the information, either from a broadcast analyst or a football fan? I, I do as an analyst, um, and I love it. You know, the speed of players, and I haven't de- uh, gotten really in-depth with it, but I wish I would. And the thing is, guys, I wish I had it when I played. I mean, every position I think it's it's great for. It's great for coaches to break it down, but just to me personally, if I'm a long snapper, if I had that information, if you had a chip and a ball, 
I could tell you the rotations. I don't know yes. if, you, if your podcast listeners are understand this, but long staffers, we know the rotations on the ball to get the laces forward on a field goal. Punts, not so much. We're not worried about that, but field goals, we are. And if I could had, I could have had that, you know, in the ball to understand, you know, my speed to the rotation to where Brad right. Leonard or Adam Pollock is going to catch the ball and put it down, that would have been super helpful. And I've talked to some other people on your team there, Zebra, about what else could it do for a long snapper. And Hale, you know, as a long snapper, you talked about you have to protect, you have to vertical set, which is after you snap, you have to get backwards. I think you could put a chip in a shoulder pad or wherever you put it, and you could grade a guy on how fast he can get off the ball to be able to block that all-SEC linebacker coming through the A-gap, you know, against the Minnesota Vikings or whoever. Um, You know, how fast you can redirect. If you have a two-go back, you know, I'm talking to you in the football terms, but if you're setting left, how quickly can you redirect to go right to pick up your man? Um, And then obviously the speed down the field, how well do you cover? Um, I really wish I had all that. It's amazing you guys have done that for the sport of football, and I just think it's going to make everything better in the game. No, and, and we're right there with you into all those points, right? It, it is, um, it's fascinating technology. We're certainly, you know, very proud of it and what we're doing on the football field, but what we do in manufacturing, logistics, retail, healthcare, um, government service, and of course, across sports and entertainment. Uh, and you know, the good thing is, Patrick, you're talking to two guys who can make some things happen for you. So I think we're going to put you in touch with some folks who can give you, um, like a weekly download of some of the, the, the best metrics that are out there. And, oh, um, and, and hopefully you can find ways to, uh, help share that to your listening audience. Um, but yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. And so, you know, technology, like in any arena, right, it advances over time. And certainly from your playing days, um, and one of the things that I always love talking and telling and sharing with people is when teams and individual players buy in to the use of technology, for example, specifically the player tracking we do from game day. And then we also have a solution for, for the clubs for practices. When the players buy into that, they're realizing that they can, this is all part of the schema, right? Just like getting proper sleep, the nutrition, the strength and conditioning, but also when you look at that player load in practice, right? How many times are you cutting on your left foot or your right foot? Or how many reps are you getting? When you buy into that, you are prolonging your career because back in the day, Patrick, right? It's like, how did you define a hard practice, right? Coach said, uh, we're going to have a hard right, practice today. Right. Was it, be, you know, how many times you had to get water um, or how many <laughs> extra conditioning things that you did? Now we actually can tell you how many actual yards you traveled per practice, your your maximum rate of speed, you know, how many times you hit 80% of your max speed. So it's a really uh, great thing that we believe will only add to the future of the game and to the future of people's potential of how long they can play the game. Yeah, that, I mean, you're talking about that health as well. I mean, to find out, you know, you know, how much you've loaded yourself on Thursday for yes. before a Sunday game, things like that. That would be huge. So let's see here. You retired, was it seven years ago now? Oh, a little longer, 2013. 2013. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're right. Time yeah. flies when you're having fun yeah. here. And so how have you enjoyed your time outside the playing field? Um, I've enjoyed it greatly. As Darren alluded, that I love golf. I think that's my number one thing I like to do now. Besides hanging out with my family, of course, and we put them first, then golf. But other than that, I've got into uh, – Local radio in Chicago, and then I host a golf TV show in Chicago as well called Golf 360. And as soon as I retired, I don't know why the radio station did it, but I was allowed to have a microphone on one of the biggest stations in Chicago from 9 to 1 and had the uh, the show with Matt Spiegel, and I only lasted six months. I just could not – I could not see myself talking about all the other sports as passionately as the other broadcasters do. So 
I quit that job, but they allowed me to stay on as a football analyst, and I do the pre- and post-game breakdown of the Bears games on Sunday. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. Well, it's, it's great. Hey, you know what? All of us listening here at some times need to realize limitations and say no. Right. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you own that because it's, it's something we all have to do. And oftentimes it's the right decision. Uh, Darren. It's hard, but it was, it was. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But it looks like it worked out for the best as well. It did. It did. It did. All right. So Darren, you know, you, you and your team are using zebra tracking technology, correct? Correct. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of alluded to this with your children and, um, you know, what I would tell people is people I don't think understand what the literacy crisis in this country looks like. And so for the children that we serve, they usually have one book for every 300 children, right? In affluent communities, there's usually 13 books for every one child. So to push out the numbers that we need to get to, which we serve right now, about 300,000 children in Chicagoland, and we know that there's another 100 to 150,000 children that need those books. So when you extrapolate the data out, you're looking at you need about three to four million books on an annual basis that you can distribute to these children. And so we partnered with Zebra because one of the things that uh, is hard for us is how do you process used books and how do you process new books? New books are easier because you know what you're getting, you know the quality, you know the content, you know what age appropriateness is. The used books, though, which are great, uh, and you alluded to this as well when you, talk, when you talked about the variety, that's what we want. We want variety in each bag. And so we need these great used books, but how do you process them and get them out? We use a volunteer workforce. About 40,000 people volunteer with us on an annual basis. And one of the things that we look to Zebra to help us out with is how can we train them up faster? It's hard when you have a two-hour session to use 30 minutes of that to train somebody on what kind of book we use. And so with Zebra Technologies, we started using scanners. And it's, you know, the best way I can tell it is it's dummy proof. It's Darren proof. If I can do it, anybody <laughs> can. And it, it, you know, it also expands our volunteer base because now we can have children actually utilize these and they think it's kind of like a video game because they just read the ISB code on the back of the book. It says, this is a great book. We love it. It's this level reader. And then all the, all the humans have to do is look at it and say, is it destroyed? Is it written in? Are the pages missing? No. All right. Well, then it's a book we can use. So it's helped really supercharge us to get more books through the processing center and into the children's hands that need it most. So it's been a great experience with us. We want to be a data-driven organization. We are a data-driven organization. So using that, and then it also helps us build our database of books, right? Because there's literally about a trillion different titles out there. Uh, coming up with that database is hard, but using Zebra Technologies, when we scan it, we can capture everything we need. So it just continues to build on itself. So we've been using it uh, very extensively for the past couple of years, and it's been great. No, that, that is great, Darren. Thank you so much for uh, letting us know how it's been working for you. I mean, it's awesome to see our technology go from the football field to distribution centers and still have that same positive effect, right, on on companies, corporations, and individual players. So um, that's really awesome, and, you know, we really appreciate you sharing that. And I know there's a lot of zebras out there who are listening who will, will take a lot of joy in knowing that our, our – um, our data and our and our hardware and our software and all those things are helping you all continue your mission. 
I'll tell you, Absolutely. I'll add to that in the, that it's fantastic. You know, we talk about, you know, zebras in the wild, right? When you see a zebra device, whether or not it's at your, your grocery store or if it's your favorite big box store. And these are all stores, you know, brand names. You know, Zebra is out there on the front lines giving these businesses a performance edge. And in this case, certainly, you know, Bernie's uh, book bank is um, – it's so gratifying you know, Darren, to hear you talk about how the, the benefit and the impact that Zebra hardware is able to play into the, the major operation. And, and that's what we, you know, Hale and I are, are on the sales side of the house and we're interacting, you know, with our, our partners and our end customers. And as I talked about, even before we started the podcast, my work in sports and entertainment and how we're growing in the field so that, you know, Zebra is the, the leading provider of technology for sports and entertainment live events. Um, for the clubs, for the leagues. And so it's exciting to, you know, to hear what you're doing. And I know all of our, our listeners, um, you know, want to make an impact. And so one of the things I wanted to ask here, you know, as we start to, to wrap up is for the Zebra Nation, our friends, our families, the folks out on LinkedIn, um, you know, how can they make a impact to Bernie's Book Bank? Yeah, so it's real easy. Um, we try to make it easy and we try to give people avenues to get involved. So go to our website, berniesbookbank.org. Uh, if you're in the area, we take volunteers. We take um, book donations. Uh, so you can bring those books to us, those new or gently used books, and we'll make sure we get those repurposed and sent out to the children who need them most. Um, and we also take donations. We are funded by foundations and the generosity of individuals. Uh, and so if anybody's interested in supporting us that way, they can. Uh, and then the other way that we always do it, and, and I like to, to talk about this a little bit because Zebra has been such a good partner. You know, we we view ourselves as a conduit of bringing partners together. And, uh, you know, I'm going to use Patrick a little bit, but we've talked with the Zebra team. You know, he kind of got into the – the science behind long snapping. And I was on a, a conference call where the zebra team and him talked for about an hour about the science behind the rotation of the ball and all this good stuff. But that's to me what we like to do, right? There's another avenue now that hopefully there's a partnership there that works. And um, you can see the technology go further uh, it, with, by bringing two partners together. And so that's the other thing that we always talk about at Bernie's book bank is, is just get connected with us. Because something good's going to happen, and we'll either connect you to somebody and help your boat rise, or you'll help us uh, with our mission to increase book ownership across Chicagoland. Awesome. Well, hey, look, I don't know what the future holds, but I know as long as we have the two of you around, it's going to be pretty spectacular. You guys are such an inspiration to so many people in the sports world and communities like Chicago. We appreciate everything you're doing to elevate unsung heroes and to give everyone a chance to be a hero in their right and improve the literacy across Chicagoland and across the United States because you're certainly on your way to becoming a national brand. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's it's just real quick. It's been an honor to be uh, teamed up, obviously, with Bernie's Book Bank. But I want to thank you guys at Zebra as well for everything you've done for the Manly Award. Absolutely. And, and Patrick, speaking of that, one last thing before we wrap up. If if people want to attend the Patrick Manley Award dinner, how do they RSVP? Uh, Darren said it earlier, berniesbookbank.org. It's right there, I think, right on the front page. It just says, you know, events to, to – there's a bunch of events that Bernie's Book Bank has. And this is the next one, I think, right, Darren? It's on December 10th. And it'll be in Lake Bluff, uh, Illinois, at their facility, which is phenomenal. It's really cool to have the award at the distribution center, and it's a great, great facility, like I said. But 
Bernie'sBookBank.org and go ahead and sign up there. Yeah, I think uh, just if I could add something to that, you know, we do it live. We also broadcast it so you can watch the award if you can't make it. Um, but the other thing that's, I think, really cool about this award is, you know, we have Patrick here. Uh, we have always had some really cool guests as well. Um, you know, last year we had Frank Thomas out. We had Lance Briggs. We had Sarah Wolmo from the Red Stars. We've got a bunch of sports figures. David Kaplan, MCs it. I know you guys spoke with him uh, yeah. a little bit back. Yep. And so the it's a it's to me it's just a great night to celebrate these long snappers to celebrate the Patrick Manley Award. But then to really like we've been talking about this whole podcast. We bring partners in, Zebro, other partners will be there. And it's just to me, um, I'm obviously biased, but it's, it's just a really fun night. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we can accommodate more people. So if the, if people are interested, go to berniesbookbank.org. You can pick up a ticket. All ages, all abilities are welcome to come and join us for volunteering or to join us that night. Awesome. Awesome. That is great. And we will make sure to spread the world, the word internally as well and, and keep this good conversation and dialogue that we've had today going uh, to drive more uh, participation for this event. So that is awesome. And for those of you listening who want to learn more about Bernie's Book Bank and the Patrick Manley Award or just Darren and Patrick personally, visit the Your Edge blog for the full story. Until next time, I'm Hale Hentges. And I'm Adam Petrus. Signing off.